All right, welcome back to another episode of the Bullpen Blues. As always, I'm your co-host, Kevin Dixon, joined by our good buddy, David Esser. David, following a big walk-off win to salvage a homestand and getting swept by Gabe Kapler. How are you feeling today? Kevin, um, <laughs> thank, thank goodness for Bryce Harper. Uh, he, he willed us to a win today. Yes. Uh, the... The outcries if this team would have gotten swept by Gabe Kapler and the Giants. And look, I understand the Giants are playing pretty good baseball at the moment. That's not a roster that should instill a lot of fear in a team like the Phillies. Um, yeah, they, they needed this one today, off day tomorrow, which is great. And they're off to, to play Colorado, which is hopefully, you know, a get right me kind of series. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm it, full transparency. I'm not not feeling super great after losing a series at home to Gabe Kapler and the Giants. But, uh, yeah, today was a fun one. They needed that. Shout out to Bryce for really uh, putting his team on the back there at the end. They better win this series with Colorado, dude. Yeah. I, I don't want to sit here on Sunday. And is it is it Sunday, right? It told me a three-game set. I don't want to sit here on Sunday and having them have lost two or three to potentially the worst team in baseball. We're getting swept. They need to win this series. And – the Giants sure don't have a lot of talent. They're a pretty good manager. Yeah, um, <laughs> Gabe. I so Kevin, we've talked about this before. I we actually were. Rel- I don't want to say we're Gabe fans, but we think he's better than what he showed in Philly, and I think he's showing it now in San Francisco. He's a uh, he had a, he had a really really good week um, against the Phillies here. He made he made all the right moves. I think three days in a row, and they probably would have swept if it wasn't for uh, you know Bryce's late game heroics. Well, he outmanaged Girardi. There's no question. Uh, we saw what he did last year with their roster. He had them in it until they collapsed late, which it's a staple for Gabe. Um, but, I mean, he just didn't fit the mentality in Philly because you already say it. They're 9-9. Nine and nine. Not a good start, but not a bad start. 9-9 nine and nine isn't the worst position to be in considering how many holes that they've really shown that they do have as a roster. I, be, I personally believe if you can get out of April at 500, I, I think that's good because the good teams start to take off in the summer. You just need to stay in the race. And look, nine and nine, especially if they're starting five and one, it's not the best. It's not where you necessarily want to be. But for how, all the holes that they've shown they've had, I mean, what they go? Oh, for 35 from their center fielders at one point. It's not the worst beginning of the season. Yeah, and that's you know that's definitely one way to look at it. I, I yeah. tend to look at Trying it. Trying to be optimistic. Yeah, and I, I always I'm always the more pessimistic one. I, I tend to look at it as they started off five and one. They're four yeah. and eight since uh, they lost a series to the Giants. They got swept by the Mets. And with that said, look, the roster holes I think are bigger than we all expected. Um, Andrew McCutcheon's given this team nothing out in left field. Uh, center center field's its own discussion. Awful. The he's bench, awful. which we were you know. A little bit hopeful for is probably one of the worst in baseball at the moment. I mean, we're, we're looking – it was Scott Kingery who was called upon late in ball games to uh, put it in play when he really should just be back in the alternate site until he's ready. Uh, you know, you look at Matt Moore, he probably shouldn't be on the roster. Um, Alec Bohm's still really been struggling as of late. So I think, I think the roster holes are bigger than we thought maybe through the first six games of the season. But with that said, four and eight in your last 12 – this early in the year that's tough um I understand there's been some injuries Didi uh he's out 
Gene Segura, he's going to miss some time. Archie Bradley, Jose Alvarado, they've been unavailable recently. But uh, I'm not I'm not super pleased with how they've looked the last couple of weeks. I think there's an avenue to turn it around, specifically as we get closer to the trade deadline. I, like, grand scheme of things, 9-9, nine nine, look, it's not horrible. You should have a winnable series against Colorado this weekend. But I definitely walked away from San Francisco feeling not great about the team at the moment. Yeah, um, man, when – San Fran took that 5-4 lead. No, and we were going to record later on in the day. I was so deflated. <laughs> I was like, man, it's going to suck getting on the mic <laughs> if they get swept by the Giants. Um, yeah, I mean, look, man. Before, like, we're, we are going to get into the Colorado series. Even before we do, I can't stress it enough. They better win that series. Because I'll be singing a different tune if we get on here Sunday. I'm usually the optimist. I'll be singing a different tune if they drop two or three or get swept in Colorado. Yeah, and I I would typically say they need to sweep a team like Colorado. I would agree because 12 and nine, you're like, okay, 12 and nine. 12 and nine, solid. Um, The problem is we got Vince Velasquez on the mound on Friday and him and Coors (laughs) Field is not, Kevin, that's not going to be a pleasant uh, pleasant experience. Yeah. I mean, all the people who rightfully so are calling for Matt Moore to be out of the rotation. This is what it's going to be, at least until more help comes. We'll see what Vince can do. I mean, you're hoping he gives you five, right? At least, you know, God, you cannot – he cannot go three or four innings. He has to at least give him five. He's got, he's got to do five. Um, and that – it might be <laughs> – might be a long five innings. We might be pushing yeah, 100 it'll pitches. It'll be 80 pitches in the third inning or something. something yeah, like but, I mean, we can't – the bullpen's already super depleted. He can't go out there and run the bullpen dry in the first game of the series. Yeah, and it'll be interesting because it's been, a, as usual in April, a lot of bad weather in Colorado. Well, I haven't looked at the weather report. We, they, we, they might be playing in the snow. I think it was snowing today when they were playing Houston. Yeah, it was. I mean, it could certainly be a miserable trip there if it's, the weather is just awful and they just come out flat. I'm hoping that this win can propel them. I mean, three and three on the homestand. Look, I was sitting here saying five and one, four and two. Glass half full, like I said, at least they didn't get swept. But I certainly want to see more. Like, when I sit here and I'm optimistic – I don't want people to think that I'm not, I don't see the issues that this team has because they clearly have holes. And like you said, they're probably bigger than we anticipated, but I'm just trying to trying to be the voice of reason and trying to be positive, you know, let's go win this series in Colorado and maybe we'll feel a little bit better. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I agree with everything you said right there. Um, again, fingers crossed they can pull out a sweep. If not, they have to take two. I'll be feeling great. Come home. Uh, where do they, do they go to St. Louis after? Or St. Louis they... and then back to New York. Yeah. 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 It's a nine game homestand or a road, road trip. Uh, I, I don't know if they're all on the road. Uh, no, the thir- they're at home against the Mets. Okay. Which because I'm, I'm going the 30th, which by the way, I didn't end up going yesterday. Oh yeah. Um, you missed that. Feeling a bit under the weather. I gave my ticket to my uncle. Um, so it worked out, but. I guess I'm kind of glad I wasn't there. Yeah, that was uh, – and we'll, so let, let, let's circle back before we start jumping too ahead to uh, Colorado. Let's circle back to this series. Um, there's a lot to talk about, and we're going to hone in on Girardi here in a second because I, I think we're 
I think everyone's in agreement that he did not have a very good series or, or a good season for that matter. But I, the most frustrating thing for me is I'm looking specifically at the first two games. They just wasted good pitching. Um, yeah. And I say that specifically in game one, Chase, Chase Anderson did exactly what we've been saying he's going to do all year long. He kept him in the game. He didn't give yep. up a lot of runs. The bullpen was great. The following day, Wheeler wasn't – he didn't have his best stuff. Um, but, look, he, he had him winning the ball game. The bats came alive. You're feeling pretty good. And then the bullpen collapsed. And I, it, it's hard for me to look at those two games and be like, all right, Chase Anderson pitched well in game one. You had Zach Wheeler with run support in game two, and you somehow lost both of those matchups. Like, that's hard to stomach. Well, before I get into the Brogdon debacle, I'm glad you brought up Wheeler because I did want to say I was very I was I was a tad disappointed because they did spot him a, a nice lead. And he just he kind of let the Giants back into the game. I understand the Phillies ended up getting the two run homer from Bone, which was a blast, by the way. That was a bomb. Um needed a, we needed a little bit better of an outing from Wheeler. Like he wasn't awful. But, I mean, come on, man. You can't let them back in the game like that. You just can't. Yeah, no, I mean, I agree. I, Wheeler was pretty uh, forthcoming with how he felt he should have been better. Um, yeah. You know, whatever. Good. Like yeah, Buster, I, Posey, I Buster Posey was just out there hitting home runs. It kind of felt a little fluky. Um, he didn't give up a lot. Of, he only gave up five hits through five and two-thirds. So, I don't think he was bad. Obviously, the home run stuff is a little concerning, and you would have liked him to very, go. He wasn't very efficient, though. Like a pitches or something, right? Like, yeah, he was at 105. Um, yeah, you know, like he, he just wasn't very, it, it wasn't a typical Zach Wheeler start. No, I mean, he normally, if he gave up three, what did he go five and two thirds? Like, if that's a bad outing from him, then that speaks volumes about the kind of pitcher that he is. But we needed a little bit more. And then I think your first point was my main takeaway that look, that was bad Wheeler, and he still kept him in the game. Yeah. Um, he still put him in a position to win. His strikeout numbers were still high. His hit numbers were still low. And I'm like, all right, like this is still a winnable ball game. Yeah. And then, you know, we, uh, Connor Brogdon, he, he wasn't going to pitch 70 scoreless innings this year. Eventually he was going to, uh, you know, stutter. It just happened in a, a rather excessive manner that I don't think any of us expected. I mean, look, he obviously didn't have his stuff, but what the hell was Girardi doing, man? Like, he threw like 30 something pitches. He faced eight hitters. Like, come on, man. You can't just leave that guy out there to dry. He hung him out to dry. I was very upset with that. Like, he gives up the first three run homer. He clearly doesn't have it. Get him out of there. And then he puts two more guys on, and you're just still keeping them in. Like, he clearly didn't have his best pitch. I, I honestly, like, he just hung him out to dry. I was, I was like, are you kidding me? Like, I thought Girardi was supposed to be good at managing the bullpen. That was absolutely ridiculous. And I know Brogdon, like I said, he wasn't good. There's no reason he should have been in that ball game to give up the second three-run homer. It's ludicrous. It, I, I could not – I couldn't fathom it. I, I was like, really? <laughs> like, why – everybody could say it. Why the hell was he still in the game? Yeah, and, and, and trying to rationalize it from Girardi's perspective, I do understand it. Look, the bullpen's super depleted at the moment. Uh, some guys got put on the COVID list they didn't expect. I mean, the, the guy they put in for Brogdon was Ramon Rosso, who's not a major league pitcher. So I understand that they, they needed Brogdon to get through that inning. With that said, when a guy doesn't have their stuff, he doesn't have their – he doesn't this have his stuff. He's his confidence, man. Yeah. Like, you know, this is like – we're in April. 
<laughs> like, don't tank the guy's confidence because in a just I don't want to say a meaningless game in April because they all count the same. But dude, it's April. Don't just leave them out there to dry. I, I was I couldn't believe that. And you're right, Ramon Rosso, not very good. But it was so blatantly obvious that Brogdon didn't have it. And I, you know, now I kind of want to go to the the Joe Girardi discussion here because there's been a few points this season specifically where I'm kind of I'm looking around and I'm like, all right, so you're gonna you're gonna make Brogdon pitch more than he should have. But then you're going to pull Eflin a little bit early today or pull that pitcher a little bit early that day or not use this reliever on that day or use, you know, Scott Kingery as a pinch hitter when he clearly is not seeing fastballs at the moment or Andrew Knapp at second base. Like whatever it is, it feels a little unorthodox. Now, granted, like I said, they're nine and nine. It's not like the sky's falling. Everybody take a deep breath. With that said, if Gabe Kapler was pulling these same types of moves. Andrew Knapp at second base, people would kill Kapler for that. It's crazy. So, and I understand that Girardi holds a little bit more clout. Look, he's he's literally won a World Series. He beat the Phillies doing so. He's has a ton of wins as, as a manager in baseball, but that doesn't excuse kind of these early hiccups, early flaws where I'm just like, all right, Girardi, look, they brought you in to put this team over the hump. I don't want to say he's holding them back, but he's definitely not helping them at the moment. I, I love the way you just put it because he's certainly not holding them back, but we were sold that he was supposed to be a difference maker. Make a difference. Yeah. And, you know, I, I preface that with, I still think just the on field talent is still the biggest issue. Um, obviously look, they got some superstars on the team. You're expected to win baseball games when you have Bryce Harper, real Muto, Aaron Nola, whoever, Andrew McCutcheon, like we said, he's, He's giving the team nothing out there. God, dude. The uh, the bench is a joke. The bullpen, super beat up. Didi and Gene Segura are now both injured. Um, Reese Hoskins, who honestly no one's talking about, he's not been good recently. No. You know, his his OPS is down in the low 700s. As, as your first baseman, who's also not very good defensively, that's bad. Alec Bohm, he's been struggling. So you look around the diamond, and you're like, all right, Jordy doesn't have a ton to work with. With that said, there are other managers in this league who are getting better results with less talent, like a Gabe Kapler. Um, you look at a team like the Orioles, they've been, play- they've been playing good baseball recently. And the Marlins, they've been hanging around. So it's like, all right, Girardi, maximize what you do have and, and figure this thing out. Yeah, I mean, you just summed it up perfectly, man. And um, just to circle back to like some of his lineup decisions, Andrew McCutcheon should not be in the lineup every day. Me and you were sold on platoon them. Brad Miller should be in there three, four, five days a week. Four for five today. Went deep the other night. He should be playing. I mean, it's not even like you can look at it and be like, well, Kutch gives you good defense. He opened the floodgates to that inning tonight. Mm-hmm. Like, go on, man. Yeah, the, uh, the Brad Miller thing, and this is something I believe we talked about uh, on a most recent episode. It's not even in my notes, but I do want to touch on it real quick. As far as I'm concerned, he should be an everyday player. Um, he is hitting 368 at the moment with a 926 OPS. He's got positional versatility where he can give you reps at first base, third base, left field. I don't care if he's never played right field. I'm sure he could figure it out, right? He can play second base like gives you all over positional versatility. He can hit the baseball and he's got a little bit of pop to him. So even if he's not hitting for a high average, um, he's going to put the ball over the wall every third day. 
which is something this team really hasn't been doing at a high rate outside of Bryce Harper. So it's like, if you're going to admit, look, we're just going to have a bad defensive left fielder in Andrew McCutcheon, I'd rather have a bad defensive left fielder in Brad Miller who can hit the baseball. Yeah, and it's hard to explain, but he had a, he kind of has like a um, like some flair. Mm-hmm. Like he like I don't know, he has some spunk. Like he's like a fun guy, you know. Like he's just a fun guy. Like he brings energy. Like I like he's like I'm not comparing him to Bryce Harper, but like the energy that Bryce Harper brings. Like Brad, that's why we preached that when they signed Bamboo Brad. Great clubhouse guy, well-liked by the fans, well-liked by his teammates. Easy guy to root for. And if he's just going to continue to produce, like his his at-bat in the ninth inning where he just lifted one in the left for a bloop single, move Harper into scoring position, That that's what he does, man. And he has, he has like, just one of those long swings. Like, he looks like he's swinging a bow door when he's up there. Yeah, he does. And it works. And it just works. No, I, I agree completely. I, I perk up a little bit when Brad Miller gets to the plate. Yeah. He's fun. He's exciting. He's got again. He's got that pop to him, which you know, like at any given point, he could he could get a hanger up in the zone. He's putting that ball deep in the right field. Yeah, and he has like um, some attitude to him. Like he has, like I said, he shows energy, emotion. Like he's an emotional guy. It's just it's just fun to root for guys like that. And we talked about it last week. Like the fact that he rejuvenated his career in Philly, went to St. Louis had a good year and came, great. Back to, and came back to Philly. Like, it's just like, he's just a fun guy to root for. He's one of my favorite players on the team. No question. I was so excited when they resigned him. You know, we were on this show. I was glowing that episode. I was so happy. Yeah. And look, it, I love McCutcheon. I love Bone. I like Hoskins. I wouldn't say I love, love Hoskins. I like Hoskins, right? Like I like these players. I want them to produce, but at the moment, Miller's hitting the baseball better than all three of them combined. Um, yeah. So it, if making Bohm sit once in a while to get Miller on the field, making Kutch, you know, platoon the left field position, giving Hoskins some extra rest days, I'm okay with doing any of those things to get Brad Miller in the lineup, especially when he's this hot. I'm all for getting, um, and people aren't going to like this, but I, having my eye on the future, let's get Bohm some reps at first, man. Yeah. I'm going to bring up a little uh, – I mean, I'm not saying bench Hoskins at all, but, like, the days that he doesn't play, like, he didn't play what was it last night. He had to come in because Gene got hurt. Mm-hmm. Why not get him some reps at first, man? Seriously. I mean, what can it hurt? Yeah, and then, you know, you open up third base for a certain – Yeah, you know what I'm doing. You know, I know where you're going with this. Future <laughs> Philly Chris Bryant. <laughs> yeah, dude, the prophecy. So it can be fulfilled. We got to get Boom some time at first, man. Yeah, no, uh, I'm in on the I'm in on the Chris Bryant thing. I'm, I'm all in. I'm so oh, excited. Great start, of course. Yeah, contract year, of course, he's gonna hit this year. Just drive um, that price up for the Phils. That's fine. We got money to spend. We're good. Um, <laughs> all right, uh, Kevin, I want to talk about today's win. Let, let's get a little bit positive here because it was a good win at the end of the yeah. day. Uh, Zach Eflin, he's cruising, man. He, he looks really, really good at the moment. Uh, for him to also be forced to start the game, sit back down because of the rain delay get back up and continue to get out. I was impressed. Um, I hope he continues it because he, he's, he's a real force at the moment. Another player I wanted to touch on who, who raked all week, shortstop. Yeah. Nick, Nick Maton. He's been incredible. He's one of my favorite players on the roster right now. Yeah. He's uh, so he's hit his, his batting average is 417 at the moment. Kevin. It's like an OPS is like nine something, right? 917. Yeah. Yeah. 
I, I do. Before we even get into Maton, I got to applaud you, man. How like I, I don't know how long we've been on. You haven't mentioned Moniac once. Oh, dude, that's so bad of me. Mickey Moniac <laughs> hit a three-run homer today. Beautiful swing, too, man. I read it. There was some crazy stat. It was like he's like the youngest Phillies outfielder to hit a home run in like forty-plus years or something insane like that. He's been a lot of fun so far, man. I mean, we were talking about it today. He's definitely a work in progress at the plate, but I'm in, I've been impressed. I, I think he should continue to play. His defense has been very good. It's been – I feel like his reads haven't been great, but yeah. he's been able to recover and, and make plays. So, like – and the more time he plays out there, the better he's going to get. Which, to be fair, Hazley and Quinn weren't able to read the ball, nor were they able to make plays. So, and nor were they able to hit. Nor were they – yeah, I mean, Moniak, look, he's, hit, he's hitting 111, which isn't great, but gives him some time. Nah, it's got to be higher than that. No way he's hitting 111. He's, he's hitting 111. Um, he two for what? I don't know because he's had a lot of at bats. Has he had that many already? Yeah. Wow. He's been up for a, a minute now. Um, he's hitting 111. But yeah, yeah so today. Wow, I'm here sitting here. I'm like, man, I've been impressed. These two for 18. Yeah, his first his first hit wasn't until Tuesday's game, right? He went opposite uh, went opposite field, and then Maton drove him in. But anyway, to swing back to Maton because I don't want to get off of that topic. I just thought it was funny that we hadn't even gotten the Moniac. No, that's Moniac. so bad. Of me. But Maton has been awesome and it's really been like a breath of fresh air because it's not somebody that you would have anticipated would come up and produce. I think he's going to continue to play with Segura out. And then like we just talked about Miller, good time to continue to get Miller at bats. Maton should continue to play because he's got a little bit of flair to him as well. Yeah. I mean, and you, you look at him and look, this is a guy I don't think either of us talked about all offseason a lot of our attention not on my radar at all no we're talking infield prospects we're talking uh bryson stott we're not talking nick maton but he he has quietly come up he looks comfortable defensively he's very athletic he's very fast i mean he he hit a triple the other night um got a nice compact swing drives the ball a lot of contact he's not going to keep hitting 417 but if he's riding any sort of productive wave yeah keep him in the lineup especially going up to course field where maybe he shows off a little more power, That's that would be a pretty sweet addition to the team's bench um, if he actually develops into a, you know, a good bench bat who can play the shortstop position. Well, he had a really good spring, too. What did he hit in the spring? 286, 355 on base, 536 slug. So 891 OPS, eight ribbies. That was in 31 plate appearances. That's pretty good. Yeah, not bad. He see like we were talking CJ Chatham. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know he did end up resigning. He's back with the organization, but Nick Maton's kind of just come out of nowhere. I mean, like you said, he was not on our radar. I love it, man. Seventh round pick too. Like for all the misses they've had over the years, he seems like even you know if he is just a bench piece, it's not bad for a seventh round pick. And, and I hate to even throw this out there with how well he's playing, but the trade value is going to be up for him if Dombrowski is looking to make a significant move at the deadline. Like, wouldn't be opposed to it. You know, you just, you know, because you don't really want to just stash him away on the bench moving forward, but he, he's flashed some potential, which I'm sure other teams around the league have at least seen, you know. Absolutely. And, um, hey, man, just keep on hitting. It, it, like we always talk about, like we're just talking about with Miller. If you hit the baseball, 
they're going to find a spot for you on the field. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and he's, he's, he's hitting the ball real well right now. Um, okay. Kevin, I got one final take from this past series Okay. before we start looking ahead to Colorado or anything else we want to talk about. Mm-hmm. The Phillies, they lost the series to San Francisco, but man, they crushed them in the off season with the trade for Sam Coonrod. They flipped. Who's he been, man? He's been he's been great. They flipped uh, Ragsdale, fourth round rookie. Hasn't we did even. Like, I remember. I remember. Yeah. I don't know if it was on your your pod. We talked him, and he was someone that we were like, okay, you know, he's a big guy. Fourth round pick. I'd say the return has been pretty good. The return has been very good. Uh, yeah. Coonrod, his uh, ERA is down in the low ones. A lot of strikeouts. A lot whip. of velocity. His whip is below, was it like a 0. .4? 0. .375. That's incredible. Yeah. Very good. A lot of swings and misses. His velocity. So I wrote a piece about him uh, last night. It went up this morning. His average fastball velocity in 2020, which was not a great year for him, was like 98 and a half. Yeah. Um, and then obviously the Phillies, Dombrowski, they, they kind of gambled with him. They like, all right, we see the velocity. It's there. The results aren't there, but the velocity is there. Traded for him, brought him in, kept him on the roster. Um, his velocity has gone up, Kevin. It's like 99.7 on his yeah. fastball, which is average velocity of almost 100 miles per hour. That's insane. He has the seventh highest whip on the roster, highest out of the bullpen. He's been their best reliever. There's no question about it. He's, he's been very good between him, Alvarado, just having those two flamethrowers. And obviously Alvarado's not active at the moment, but once he comes back, that, that's quite the one-two punch that you can trot out for a seventh and eighth, uh, eighth inning. Yeah, and he continues to produce. He's going to become a high-leverage arm for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that, that's the, the other thing. He's, he's under team control through 2025. Pretty damn good return, man. I mean – uh, what else can you ask for? Just keep getting outs. Mm-hmm. Don't have us sit here and praise you and then go to Colorado this week and give up a three spot or something. That would be it'd be frustrating because we, we did that with Brogdon. We were talking about how great he was, and then he you know he gets rocked out there, which it, you know it happens. It's baseball. It happens. I mean, like we said, Brogdon shouldn't have gave up six runs. No, he should not. Been out of there. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I will take that to the grave. He should have been out of there. I digress, though. But yeah, Coonrod, good player, good good reliever. I'm happy he's on the team. Uh, quite quite the just refreshing change of pace having him and Alvarado compared to yes. uh, Austin Davis. Uh, who else? Diolis Guerrero, whoever whoever you want to name. Brandon Workman. Yeah, Brandon Workman. Um, did he end up making the Cubs? By the way, do we know? Is he? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. And you just brought up Diolis Guerrero. Yeah. How the hell? Are Diolis Guerra and Cole Irving on the same staff? Cole Irving pitched well the other night. Oh, give me a break. Who did he face? I think it was like Detroit or something. Kevin, you tell me right now. <laughs> would you rather have Cole Irvin or Matt Moore in, in the fifth spot? Phils uh, are two and one and Matt Moore starts. <laughs> Do you remember? Was it was it Mother's Day that Cole Irving debuted? Yeah, when he debuted Cole against, against the Royals. Yeah, they should, um, uh, he stinks, dude. Uh, yeah, not great. Just um, actually, okay. So that, that's actually a good uh, talking point that we've talked about. Uh, Matt Moore, he's probably not going to be the Phillies' fifth starter. Uh, probably by next month, 
definitely not by the end of the I season. I mean, if Vince comes out and pitches really well Friday, I'm just saying, like, we've been down this road before. If Vince gives you a good outing, do you give him another another turn? No. Okay. Oh, do I give Matt Moore? Yeah, that's what I'm saying, over more. I'd give Matt Moore another turn before I give Vince Velasquez <laughs> another turn. I'm not, I'm not doing it, man. All right. Um, <laughs> no, what, what they should do is they should start looking at external help. Cole Irvin, I'm not Cole Irvin, geez. Cole Hamels is going to be doing a showcase for some teams coming up. Anibal Sanchez, uh, I believe, is doing another showcase. That's a guy the Phillies expressed some serious interest in during the offseason. Obviously, they went the Matt Moore route instead. Yep. Probably wishing they went the Anibal Sanchez. Not that, look, not that Anibal's good. I was very against the Anibal Sanchez say, signing. You, you were against it at the time. He stinks. But is he going to give you a 9.82 ERA? Probably not. So Anibal's a guy to watch. Cole Hamels is a guy to watch. The thing that worries me with Hamels is if he comes in and doesn't pitch well, how will we look at his legacy in Philly? Like, because he ended as high as you can go. Like, he obviously won an NLCS MVP, World Series MVP, won a lot of games for the team, pitched a no-hitter in his last start. If he comes in and gets bombed, is it the Ryan Howard effect? where we look at the last couple of years of Ryan Howard's career and we forget about his peak. And don't get me wrong. I was saying to you the other day, I'd love to bring Cole Hamilton. But that worries me, especially with how volatile the fan base is right now. Because after every loss, you say it. Everybody needs to be gone. Every time they lose a ball game, it's that way. No, I think that's a really good point. I mean, even I, I hate bringing up the Eagles on this podcast. Be looking at how the the Deshaun Jackson signing worked exactly. out, right? Um, he People were not a fan of him the last uh, few years in Philadelphia. And you're, I don't want that to happen to Cole. He went out on such a great note. Legend, World Series MVP, which is why I'd probably lean towards an Anibal Sanchez because if he sucks, who cares? You just cut him as well and no harm done. Um, the other name who could sneak in there, Kev, he pitched today. And boy, did he look good, Spencer Howard. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they end up doing because they did already pretty much say that they don't want to use him as a starter. I think he could be a really good bullpen arm, man. Like, he was awesome today. So, I guess it'll really depend on do they want to stretch him back out? If they do make him a starter, how many innings are they going to let him go? Um, That's a tricky situation. It's certainly not one that they wanted to find themselves in on April 21st. Yeah, I mean, you could say that with a lot of the roster holes. I, they definitely didn't expect center field to be as bad as it is. Uh, they didn't expect left field to be as bad as it is. They probably expected Bohm to be a lot better at third base. So, yeah, it does put him in a tricky spot where you have this plan with Spencer Howard of kind of saving him, letting him work at the alternate site, and, you know, maybe pitching once a week on doubleheaders, um, which the, for what it's worth, it looks like the plan has been an advantageous one because he, he this is the best I've seen him look in quite some time the way he pitched today. I mean, his fastball was up at 98, um, three straight strikeouts, a lot of movement on his pitches, ton of velocity. It was, it was a lot, a lot of really good stuff. So I don't want to ruin that plan. With that said, he's definitely one of the top 10 pitchers on this team at the moment yeah. in terms of just pure talent, right? For sure. Yeah. There's no, there's no question about it. Um, just to circle back, to Cole Hamels, because I looked this up the other day. Now that we're just talking about him, I, I reminded me. I wanted to bring it back up. 
we all remember when the Phillies bombed them on, uh, it was only an ESPN game. I don't know. It might've been a Sunday when he was with the Cubs. It was eight runs in two innings. They absolutely blasted him. He wasn't that bad the rest of the year. He had three more quality starts with the Cubs. And he had a couple games where he went like four innings and he was all right. Before that start against the Phils, he was six and three that year, 679 OPS against, 309 ERA. This is a guy who signed for $20 million last year and he was hurt. I do think that he could still be an effective pitcher. I really do. Um, Obviously, like I said, like it is one of those things where you worry about what it is going to do to his legacy. And it sounds like a really corny thing to say, but like, it's a real thing. Um, But man, how awesome of a story would that be? He comes in pitching big innings for them. Um, They get back to the postseason. He's pitching big innings for them. It could be a really, really fun addition. And you would have to think he has a showcase. They're, they're clearly going to, they're going to be there, right? There's no way that they don't go to that. You know, does Philly have an advantage over another team? Like in his mind, is he thinking, all right, you know, be cool to go back to Philly? I think he still lives around here. No, it's a very good point. I think a lot of it does just depend how the showcase goes because the last time he pitched for Atlanta, not great. Um, and obviously yeah. he was it's bad. It's the only one outing. He got he got clobbered though. Um, that's for worth sure. noting. And you know, obviously sure. he's he's getting up there in age. His velocity is going to be way down, which is the main thing we're complaining about with Matt Moore at the moment is that he's throwing fastballs at 91 yeah but if Uh, Cole I mean there's no question Cole Hamels is a better pitcher than Matt Moore oh without a doubt so like I understand the velo argument but like Cole knows how to pitch Mm. like if he can still get outs velo is a great thing but I'm more worried about can you get guys out it's kind of what it comes down to because I've seen a lot of guys who throw hard and are not effective just get outs man I think Cole could do that and at the same time it could be something that blows up in their face. You know, like it's not a guarantee. Yeah, no, I, first of all, I definitely agree with you. Look, I just want guys to get out. So I don't care how you do it if you're throwing 89 or 102. Um, and then it, when it comes to blowing up in their face, it's just kind of, you know, what's the expectation? Are you, you're not expecting him to go seven innings every fifth day, but if he can give you five innings, you five in plus, keep him in the up. game which Matt Moore isn't doing, right? He's getting knocked out by the third inning, which is just unacceptable. So I I definitely agree. I think Cole Hamels, Annabelle, maybe Spencer Howard, maybe some other guys out there, all worth. Adonis Medina, yeah, it's another really good name. Uh, No, I mean, like, I'm serious. Like, give him a shot. He can't be worse than Matt Moore. We talked about it last week, man. I would love to see Adonis Medina get a chance. I'm sure we'll be talking about it again after Vince Velasquez's start. Um, All right, Kevin Coursefield, Colorado Rockies. We touched on it a little bit. Outside of winning the series, I also just want to see this team start hitting the baseball really hard. They're going to a good place to do it. They're going to the best place to do it. Um, if there was ever an opportunity to collectively find our swing game, because the home run numbers haven't been great outside of Bryce. I need to see more power from Reese. I need to see a little bit more power from uh, JT. Hopefully Didi's active as well. See him driving the ball. Um, hopefully Kutch. I don't know what his status is for this weekend. Seeing any of these guys, hopefully all of these guys, getting together and start driving the baseball really far, it, that's a necessity for me this weekend. Yeah. I mean, uh, I don't want to watch three one nothing games. You know what I mean? Like, uh, you're not going to a Coors Field 
they're going to hit the baseball this weekend. If they didn't, that would be insane. They're, they're going to score runs. But like you said, this is a great opportunity to get right. You know, it's a get right series. Of course, they could easily lose the series. I said it earlier in the show. They better not lose the series. I would be very upset if they, if they lose the series to Colorado, considering all the tough games that are going to remain on their schedule. Like This is one of the series where you're going to go in as a clear favorite. They'll be favored in every game, even with Vince on the mound. They're going to be favored in every single game. David, I'm looking for a sweep. I'm looking for a sweep. Let's get some momentum. I don't care if, if Matt Moore pit was pitching Friday. I understand it's Vince. Not very good. Don't care. This is the better baseball team. Go win a series. Go sweep them. This is a basement dweller, man. You have aspirations of being a playoff team. It's a team you got to sweep. I'm with you. Can't buy into a Vince Velasquez starting course field. I think he's going to get it. I get it. Now I get it. But who's, who's he facing? Do you know the matchup? Is it John Gray? Is it Freeland? Uh, no, I can pull it up, though. Is it Herman Marquez? Whoever it is, it's not, it's not going to be, you know, somebody uh, insane. I do think Marquez is a good is a good arm. Friday, yeah, it is against Marquez. So actually, that's not that's not, not a Colorado great. Colorado might be favored in that game. I, I take back what I said. Um, <laughs> I don't care, David. Go win. You know, yeah, no, I like winning. I'm with bad you. Bad thing to get going because they're going to have to score some runs this weekend. They're definitely going to have to score some runs. Um, all right, Kevin. Before we before we wrap this up, any other final takes that you wanted to touch on, real quick? Just win, man. I, I'm, I'm trying to be the voice of optimism for Phillies fans. Dropping two or three to San Francisco, it's hard to continue to be optimistic. But you better believe I'm going to continue to be optimistic. Let's go win a series in Colorado. Let's go to St. Louis, win another series against the Cardinals. Let's get right, David. If we can get out of April with a 500 record, that's a win in my book. Okay. I, I'd prefer to be a few games over 500, but I can, I can. I, absolutely. Like, I got this without saying. Like, obviously I want them to be. I'd actually, I'd actually prefer to be below seven in a row or something. Yeah. yeah. I want them to rip, go on and run here. If we can get out of April at 500. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right. So I, I have two quick takes before we sign off. Okay. Number one about the Phillies. Number two, not really about the Phillies. Number one, Bryce Harper. We ha- we barely talked about him this episode, which is insane. The dude's looking like an MVP. He is fully in the nitro zone at the moment. He's hitting everything. OPS over 1,100. Um, I Something we've talked about is he's going to have these hot streaks where he's literally Barry Bonds at the plate. He's in that, he's in that zone right now. He's hitting everything. Yes. Um, they have to not waste these performances, if that makes sense. They didn't do it today, so props to them. Good job, Andrew Knapp. Love that. Good job, Patrick Neres. Um, against Colorado, against St. Louis, hopefully he's still cooking by the time they play New York. They got to rack up some wins when Harper's playing at a near-untouchable level. Absolutely. And um, like you were saying today, when he when – we talked about it before we got on. When he homered in the seventh, I was like, all right, they're going to win this game. I felt good about it. He came up. Um, he didn't really get anything to hit in the ninth. Not surprising. But at the same time, you never want to walk the leadoff guy. So 
I, I get that they didn't want to pitch to him, but I was kind of surprised that they sort of just like walked him. He didn't he didn't have anything to hit. You got to admit when Andrew Knapp was up there, I saw a double play ball coming. I was waiting for the ground ball to shorten. <laughs> no, it was, it was a good job uh, by, by Nat. But, yeah, the Harp's, Harp's in that zone right now, which is always uh, yeah. fun to see. Um, all right. MVP Harp, man. This, we were saying coming into the year, this was the year, right? I mean, he, he was all settled with his family. It's not a COVID year. He had a full all season. Getting ready. But like we said, no COVID restrictions. I mean, obviously they had restrictions, but it wasn't like last year. It was kind of – a ridiculous season last year this is the year man and for all the naysayers who say he's overrated he's overpaid he's shutting them up yeah no he's playing like an mvp they just gotta they gotta have the appropriate amount of wins so he can be seriously considered for that award Um, our final take before we sign off got mlb the show this week yes been playing a good amount kevin a great game very pleased i can't believe it's on xbox man i'm so excited it's been so yeah. long it's, i mean they haven't had a baseball game since i was like a sophomore in high school that was a long time ago the last time i played a baseball game was like on my playstation 2 like mlb 11 yeah exactly I mean, exactly um i'm gonna have so much fun with that um so we continue to gain more traction i would like to get a bullpen blues twitch going we could play some MLB to show on there. If, if people were interested, I would love to do that. Um, so that's on you guys, the listeners. That's something you would want to see in the future. I know, I know you would love to do that, David. I, I absolutely would. I, I play enough of it as it is. Um, fantastic game. The, they did the Philly so dirty in that game. The ratings are ridiculous. Eflin, way too low. Wheeler, way too low. Kutch, way too high. Um uh, but yeah, I, I gotta agree. I'm glad you brought it up because I, I can't stop smiling right now thinking of it. I, it is the best best game on the market. I've probably been playing too much at the moment. If anything, I, I'm always playing too much. Man. Yeah, probably. I mean, I'm either playing baseball, watching baseball. We're writing about baseball. baseball. I'm always <laughs> baseball around here. Um, all right. With that said, look, frustrating series. Good win today. Hopefully, yep. we'll build some momentum heading into Colorado. Um, with that said, if you guys want to subscribe to the podcast, follow the podcast, you can do that on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor.fm. We're on Facebook and Twitter. Both of those links will be down in the description below. Also, if you prefer to watch the podcast, these get uploaded to YouTube.com. Uh, so you can find that link to watch the podcast on YouTube as well. Make sure to subscribe to that account. Uh, with that said, we are the Bullpen Blues Podcast, and we will be back after a sweep against the Colorado Rockies on Sunday. Love it. Go Phils. Thank you.